Busy Birds. Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Ganal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. Did you know that around 8 to 12 million tons of plastics end up in the oceans every single year? And if this continues, we will have one ton of plastic for every three tons of fish by 2025. Our guest today is the strategic director and CSO of Plastic Change, a Danish environmental NGO that's fighting very hard to break the exponential growth of plastic pollution. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Anne Atumaki. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How did your sustainable journey actually start? Well, I think initially when I was 12 years old, when um, I saw my neighbor pour paint into the sewage drain and that infuriated me. So I joined Greenpeace. So I think that was the first touch of sustainability. And then, so it's always been with me, I think, ever since. And then uh, my professional career started about five years ago. First, I joined uh, like a municipality working on climate change and climate improvements. And then a year after, I joined Plastic Change, and this is where I am now. Awesome. And how exactly did Plastic Change start? And what exactly is that for the few people that do not know exactly what you guys do? Plastic Change, we're an environmental NGO that works on preventing plastic pollution and plastic waste. We started five years ago, back in 2014, where uh, the founder, he was coming from another environmental NGO, working on more uh, broadly uh, environmental issues. And he saw this tendency of more and more plastic being thrown everywhere in the oceans. So he decided to start Plastic Change. And it began with, like, how do you start an organization? And uh, what he had at his disposal at the time was a boat. Since the, pl- the problem is plastic pollution of the oceans, he decided to found the organization, uh, call it Plastic Change, and then he set sail with some friends and other dedicated people. Uh, they sailed around the world for, for two years where they started communicating everywhere about like what they were seeing, and they had a trawl uh, in the ocean surface that every day would be trawling the surface for microplastic and in those two years, there's only they found microplastics every day. So that was like the whole setting the agenda here in, in Denmark about you know founding the organization, but also putting the, the issue of plastic pollution you know on the radar and 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 to the public attention. So that's uh, basically how it started, and that was five years ago. And then we sailed for two, and then two years, and then one more year, and now we're working more from land. Oh, awesome. So you guys still have the boat or the office is now, now like you said, on, on land? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, we, uh, I mean, he still has the boat. It is no longer, you know, at the plastic chain's disposal. I guess it could be uh, at some point again in the future, but 
What we learned from sailing also being more you know, involved and engaged with the whole plastic pollution issue was that you know, a lot of the plastic that we see, uh, actually 80% of it that we find in the ocean, it comes from land-based sources. So it was a very natural transition coming back from the ocean and having founded the organization and having become an, uh, an organization in Denmark, in Europe, and also um, globally, that it made sense to say we want to work on the solutions. Uh, so we have to work on you know closing the tap and make sure that we stop the plastic from entering the ocean to begin with, because a lot of it, it ends up at the bottom of the ocean or it drifts further out into the ocean. So it's really difficult to clean up. And it's also a lot of it degrades to microplastic. So we decided that we wanted to focus more on prevention and less on the, the cleaning up part of it. I think that's such a great way to go at it because the thing is, if we can, like you said, close the tap at the source, it will be so much better for all parties involved. And when we like look at microplastics, so you've just mentioned it, you know, it is sometimes the plastics that we see, whether it's a bottle floating on the ocean or, you know, a chips packet on the beach. We tend to see these things a bit more obvious, but what we don't see is always like these microplastics. So how can we actually avoid microplastics? So microplastic, it's, you know, as you say, it's it's a term that covers a lot of different things. So one thing is you have your larger items of plastic, you know, say a bottle, if it enters the ocean, it will over time be smashed up by waves and um, it'll turn into microplastic. Obviously, that can be prevented from not, you know, having larger plastic items uh, float into the ocean. But then there are also other um, sources of microplastics that are represents different kinds of challenges. So one thing is if you have uh, cosmetics, you know, that's an item, you know, that comes into the to the hands of normal consumers. It's a, a product where, you know, uh, you add microplastics intentionally, for instance, to have a scrub or a rinse off. So you add little beads of almost invisible pieces of plastic to get that scrubby feeling. And then obviously when you rinse it off into the sink or in the shower, you add microplastic directly into the ocean. So that's one thing where you as a consumer, you can say, oh, this is where I can do something. I can look at these products that have uh, what they call intentionally added microplastic and avoid buying products that contains that. But then there are other issues that are more uh, complicated where you have car tires. So car tires is actually the largest source of microplastics that enters the ocean. And that's, uh, you know, uh, wear and tear from, you know, driving. Um, that is, you know, it's, it's sort of, it's rubber, but it's also plastic. And on the roadside with rain and runoff water, that gets into the ocean and sewages as well. So that's another problem where you have to look at how do we design car tires? Could they be redesigned because it's difficult to contain the microplastics? So there, you know, some innovation that needs to happen there on the products. And then you have uh, another second largest source. It's actually uh, plastic pellets, also called nurdles. They're like small uh, plastic beads and they are, they are the raw material of plastic. And that's more about management because a lot of that is being um, lost from, you know, the actual production site in the transportation and management. And that's all like in the value chain of producing plastics. So that's the thing where you have to look at how the, the pellets uh, are managed. 
So there are many, uh, you know, different kinds of challenges with microplastics that requires wide range of solutions, really. Well, so that's definitely exactly a wide variety of things that we need to look at. And like uh, looking at the noodles, like we sometimes have noodle hunts here. And I found it really hard to spot them in the beginning. But now after like one noodle hunt, like when you go to the beach, you cannot unsee a noodle. Like they are now just everywhere. <laughs> People need to like go to a noodle hunt and try and, and then pick it up on the beach. It's really shocking how many you can pick up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like once you see them and once you know what they are, it's like what you say, you can't turn it off again. Then you start to see them. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, on many beaches. Exactly. And what would you say is some of the like biggest culprits when it comes to plastic pollution that you and your team come across, whether it's on a cleanup or, you know, on the beach or actually in the ocean? What is some of the biggest culprits in in like your area in Denmark? So it's a lot of, you know, packaging and single use plastic products. A lot from, you know, takeaway, convenience culture, you know, a lot of things that is consumed on the go. Cigarettes, butts is another thing. But it's mostly, I think, you know, we produce so much plastic and we produce so much plastic that is uh, single use. And it's very much this whole uh, convenience throwaway culture. And I think now that, um, you know, that's one of the things that we have to sort of, you know, redesign. That's this whole single use culture and behavior. We talk so much about a uh, circular economy. And I always say you can't have a single use culture and a circular economy. So looking at like these massive quantities of poorly designed uh, packaging and um, takeaway containers, uh, that would definitely be a place to start. And with the World Cleanup Day is coming up, it's on the 21st of September. So by the time our crazy birds actually hear this episode, it would have been passed already. But I wanted to check with you guys, what exactly have you guys have planned for the day? And is there any initiatives that we can join globally, like, you know, maybe in preparation for next year or any other events that's kind of, you know, leading off this event? Yeah, so this is our second year of doing the, the World Clean Up Day here in, in Denmark. Um, we do it slightly different from actually all of the other countries where we don't actually uh, organize any our uh, events ourselves. The reason why we don't do that, so everybody that works at Plastic Change now, we go out and we do something on that day. And basically what we want to do is sort of, you know, change the way that we think about cleaning up and the norms and behaviors associated with it. Because what we learned from uh, a first year, or we did cleanups before last year when we did uh, World Cleanup Day. And there's like, a lot of people, they, you know, they reach out to us and they ask like, so where do we, where do we turn up? Uh, what time? Uh, where, where's the meeting point? Uh, or do we need to bring anything? How do we do this cleanup? And we're like, well, basically, we don't need to be, you know, the backbone of this cleanup because cleaning up is something that we can all do, you know, all the time, everywhere that we are. Basically, it has a lot to do with the norms. So what we decided to do was like take the, the concept and turn it upside down. So what we've asked of our civil society here, general public, is to like tap into this uh, more of what we call a plastic changer movement is that you can go out and clean up any day, any time, 
we want to make this, you know, the, the norm as where right now when you're like, you know, you walk down the street, you see some trash. Most people, they tend to walk by it. And then some, you know, idealistic person, they will, you know, stop and pick it up. But people, they will always look at them like kind of weirdly and like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. That's not the norms that we want to change around. So, you know, it would be like the shaming would be actually, you know, walking past the trash. That would be, you know, the, the shaming part. And that's kind of what we see if, if we do this where we sort of invite people to clean up themselves. You know, you can join your, uh, you can do this with your family. You can do this walking your dog. You can do it with your workplace. What we have now is over 100 events that have been planned here in in Denmark for for this coming Saturday for World Cleanup Day. And then we ask people to please tell us about what you're doing. And then we will, you know, uh, put it on our website. We will tell about it. We will, you know, have other people come and join your thing. So we sort of more facilitate how people, they can meet up, but we want them to arrange it themselves because you don't need a grabber. You don't need a special kind of bag. I mean, you just, you know, you go out and pick up trash. It's that simple. We're just not used to it. Exactly. And I think especially in areas like, you know, sometimes when I walk around, I love to walk to places if I can. And I mean, sometimes it's really hot here in Dubai, but I try And yeah, when you just walk around, like down the road, you would see so many trash pieces. And I know when I'm on my way to a meeting or I'm on my way to like a Pilates class or something, I definitely limit myself. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I'm only picking up like the five or the 10 pieces. After that, I need to stop. Otherwise it takes me an hour to walk like, you know, 500 meters. So it, you're trying to do so much every, every single one of us. And I would just, you know, suggest that if that is the case and you've got so much trash, you know, pick it up. And I've had so many people that walk past me and like, you know, what are you doing? Like, and then I was just like, no, I'm picking up the trash. And then they hop in and help. And, you know, before you know it, there's like literally three people on the sidewalk picking up trash. (laughs) Um, So it is quite fun and it's really interesting. And I would definitely recommend, you know, to kind of make every single day world cleanup day and not to just stick it like stick cleaning only on the 21st and you know then we don't do anything for the rest of the year and we wait until next year to clean again for a day yes i mean i couldn't agree more that's exactly how we feel and uh, you know it does make people feel good about themselves and it does also inspire other people so i think if that could become you know the you know the new normal that would be that would be like um, the aim Exactly. And what are some of the other projects that Plastic Change is currently working on? Actually, a lot of different projects uh, right now. One of them is like uh, before I mentioned this whole uh, Plastic Changer movement. And that's, again, like a movement that we want to start, you know, from the, for the from the bottom up to sort of say, OK, so we, we need normal people. We need civil society. We want, you know, we want to focus on the solutions and, you know, Part of that is uh, a lot of, you know, having people, you know, step into this agenda and do what they can do where they are. It doesn't have to be anything specific. Like we can't all, you know, lobby the the tire industry or lobby, you know, the plastic industry. But we can all, you know, do our part about, um, I don't know, you know, saying no to straws, bring a reusable bag. Or you can, you know, do your own little campaign around something. You can do your cleanup. It's about more or less this we want to harvest because what we experience is that there are so many people out there that are doing things 
and they want to do more and they kind of need, I suppose, the, the platform or the, the support of how can we, you know, uh, show all the good things that are happening. So you sort of amplify that people, they want this, they're making changes in their everyday life and use that momentum and that mobilization of that global community to sort of put pressure onto uh, the politicians that, you know, we need some kind of framework that can contain this product and that can create a, like a more overall a reduction, but also redesign, you know, the system and the products, but also to put pressure on, you know, the, the brands and so forth. So that's one thing is like, how do we work with civil society and amplifying all the good things that are happening? And how can we sort of facilitate, you know, uh, cross region, cross country interaction between different groups of people? So that's one thing that we're working on. So two other things like right now. Uh, so there's a huge political momentum on this at a global level. You know, uh, we're a lot uh, engaged with the whole, it's called the UNEA process, where uh, we're trying to... Uh, <laughs> move forward uh, towards a global treaty on plastic. And that's, again, how can we look at the whole plastic supply chain and come up with like a global framework of what do we want to see with plastic and what do we don't want to see? Because some plastics we do want to see because it's good for, say, I don't know, um, like if you reuse the plastic, it's good, right? It's yeah. like the single use and the massive overproduction that we're sort of trying to get rid of. And then we have a lot of activities going on at the EU level. And then nationally here in Denmark, we just changed government a couple of months ago. And now we have a new government that is very much onto this uh, green agenda. And that's both, you know, with climate and um, also with plastic a lot. So right now we're focusing a lot of attention on, uh, on the politics of this at uh, various levels. I think that's really important because if we have more bans and, you know, certain requirements that these companies need to adhere to that comes from the government, there is just no way around it. You know, you either don't have it or you get something else. There's no more, you know, you can use things like styrofoam and things like that. So I think it's super important for the governments to kind of step up, you know, start this. And then also for us, you know, the, the people to be educated more about it. And one of the ways that you guys educate people that I absolutely love is through your YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And there's just so many like crazy birds. You definitely need to check out their YouTube channel. There's some of these videos that's like kind of like animated drawings and it is just so spot on. You know, like adults can relate to it. Children can relate to it. And for me, the best part is that most of the people that actually see it will think twice, like when they want to throw a ice cream wrapper on the beach. So <laughs> I just love it. So that's, that's really great. Thank you so much for all the work that's going on on the channel as well. Well, thank you for that. I'm glad that you say that because that's something that we want to be uh, that we want to be doing a lot more of in the in the future because we see, you know, it works. You know, if you can find, you know, these are very sometimes very complicated messages and the solutions and all that. But if you can sort of boil that down to like simple messaging and you can communicate it wisely and in a more, um, you know, not so uh, blaming kind of way, but in a more fun way that, you know, that's sort of, you know, it's something that people, they react to positively. So that's something that we're going to be doing more. 
Exactly. Well, that's fantastic. So I can't wait to see more of them. And I'm sure if some of our crazy birds are actually going to your YouTube channel, I think some of them have even shared some of those videos. That's how popular some of them are. So I was like, oh my goodness, I shared like two of these on my Facebook. So that's amazing. So it's really, really getting reach, um, which is fantastic. So we definitely need more of that. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So how can our crazy birds actually get involved with the plastic change? So plastic change, you know, as the name states, it's about, you know, changing our behavior around plastic. And going back to, you know, the whole movement, uh, the plastic changer movement that I spoke of before, you know, that's pretty much, you know, you know, something that you can do any day, anytime. So, you know, you can start off by making, you know, one change, you know, committing yourself to, I want to do this one change around my plastic consumption, if that's, you know, just, uh, you know, carrying a reusable bottle with me and then start a conversation about that with someone else. So you sort of create that ripple effects um, because that's what we, we need. You know, we need more people to be talking about this, to be inspiring each other, to make these changes. Um, so that's one thing where you sort of can, you know, uh, get in, engaged with the whole uh, plastic changer movement. And then obviously if you do something and you, you use social media like Instagram or something else, you would use the hashtag. If you want to, you know, want to engage with us directly and make us aware of this is happening, use the hashtag plastic, uh, plastic changer. And then we sort of know and then we try to um, collect all these things that are happening and we want them, you know, to I think right now we're still working on our international website to get this. Uh, it's what we call the Plastic Changer Universe, where we like we'll like to um, have all the different things that people they're doing. We want to, you know, amplify and expose and see like what people because we want this to be a catalog for inspiration for other people. So that's what you can do. You can you can just, you know, start by, you know, through making a change yourself. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And what has been one of your most important decisions that you've made around Mama Earth? For me personally, I think I got to a point where I was questioning this whole, like all this plastic and all this pollution and all this single use. And then I kind of went on this, uh, I suppose, like a, a personal um journey of development where I looked into uh, understanding like my inherent connection to nature and basically like how pretty much everything, you know, that we use that supports, you know, the lives that we have, that all, you know, all the different materials, whether it's plastic or it's glass or it's aluminum or something else, you know, it all comes from, from nature. So I think in the line of work that I do, where we want to work on, you know, uh, less single use, more uh, reuse, more optimization, how can we live within the boundaries of the earth? And I think, you know, having that, feeling that reconnection to, as you say, mama earth, I think, you know, that's something that we all need to, you know, go back to because we used to have this more, I mean, we all have it inherently in us. I just think that we've forgotten about it. And I think that light bulb needs to be, you know, turned on again. Definitely. So, Anne, we're going to move into our final five. The first one is, what is one social media account or publication that you follow? I always follow and read a, a magazine called Scenario, and it's uh, actually published from the Copenhagen Institute for Future Studies. And I think it's really interesting to look into like what is happening on future studies because we're not going to, you know, we don't have to fix 
you know, uh, the problems as they are now, we need to design for the future and like, you know, the, the more sustainable future. So I like to be inspired by future studies. Awesome. And what is your hope for Mama Earth going forward? To my answer before, I think that uh, we all need to reconnect with uh, Mama Earth and to sort of go back to where we came from and remember that we all, you know, exist because of Mama Earth exists. Exactly. And what advice can you give our crazy birds this week to help out Mama Earth? Since they're not going to go out for World Cleanup Day, I would say, you know, make every day World Cleanup Day and, you know, make that one change, uh, whatever that is, and then start a conversation about it. And what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people not yet on a sustainable journey? Look at this whole single-use culture and single-use behavior. I usually say to people, do you know that one million single-use plastic bottles are uh, used every minute? And then I pause and then I say, you know, one million bottles every minute. And then there's no way that we, you know, it's ever going to make any sense to recycle all those plastic bottles that we're ever going to be able to collect them. And, you know, if you look at all the other single-use products that are out there, you know, this is the problem that we need to look at. You know, it's the single-use culture that we need to sort of tackle. Exactly. And where can people actually find you and the Plastic Change? So we are uh, based in Copenhagen in Denmark. We are on pretty much all um, social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. And then we have our website, uh, you know, available for all kinds of information about the work that we do and the projects that we have. And uh, yeah, also we can find, you know, contact information for myself or other people that could be of interest. Um, yeah, for your audience, for your crazy birds. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm sure our crazy birds have learned a lot. So yeah, just keep on doing what you guys are doing and bring us more of those awesome YouTube videos. Thank you. Uh, we will. And thank you for inviting me to be on the podcast. Um, yeah, thank you so much. You're most welcome. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at mamaearthtalk.com. Follow at Design by Mariska on Instagram or email hello at mamaearthtalk.com. And let me know if there's a topic you'd like me to talk about. I love hearing from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every Monday. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds.